Hey, you're listening to Curry Talks with Larry Curry. The, the ancestor, Vusamkaya, <laughs> Ushab. Incredible. Where, where did the where did the ancestor thing come from, actually? The ancestor thing came from uh, when I remember. Well, this name came from Unkwali, Unkwali, the artist. She calls me, or she called me, the ancestor because she said, "Which I am uh, one of the ancestors in the industry because uh, I was performing when Iasa." members were still kids in primary in preschool i think some of them in preschool so she said uh, when we ancestors and as far as i can remember she was one of the people who started calling me that and then the name just grew and people started calling me ancestor and yeah so did you I also embrace the name and yeah so you just decided to call yourself ancestor like i'm saying ancestor <laughs> I, I did not call myself that, but people called it, called me that way. It's like when your parents give you a name, you don't decide to call you by your name yourself by your name because it's your name anyway. So when people call me ancestor, I I don't you know and I think it's a cool cool name. I love my ancestors and I love Isin to so it's even better to be called ancestor than to be called goat or any other names that people call themselves by these days. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I wonder if anyone ever calls himself Impus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a rapper out there who's put it, on, put yeah. it in a song. Good to meet Impus. Yes. So for me, it's, it's yeah. So, uh, okay, so so now, now move on. Uh, you were born Uvus Mozinlov. What what was the yes. move to Mkaya? Mkaya is my middle name. Mm. Uh Mkaya, so to say. You know, when we grew up, uh, most of us are not called by our government names at home. Vusumuzi was for school or offic- official things. At home they call me Vusa from my father's side. So I always know like where this person knows me from, especially in my childhood, based on how they call me. If someone says Vusa, then I know most of them are from Chawalala, people that grew up with me, Chawalala and so on. If someone calls me Mayanyata, then I know this is from my mother's side, from Ndawazinduna and my nephew, my cousins. And if someone calls me Mkaya, <coughs> Most of them, they know me saying Kulini, saying artist. So, I don't know if I can love. So, I mean, it's self Okay, it looks as if I might have lost you a bit there. So, they call me Vusumuzi Mkaya because when I was born, around the time when I was born, I think my parents had some problems. And then they discovered which mama was pregnant. So somehow I brought them back together. I revived Umozwago. Now for Okay. 
there we go. So, so I mean, I, I always say that about uh, our African names that they are uh, essentially, you know, archives of where the family was, where history was at that point in time. So, I think a lot of people, when colonization happened, when they started giving us English names like well, I, ones I got, but I. Uh, the story of my name, I've gotten like five different stories. I don't know which was, which was the truth. But yes. those names were were archives so that people would be able to tell the sto- tell future stories of what was happening within the family at a certain time, isn't it? Yes, true. It's either that or what your parents wished uh, for you in the future. Mm. Some names talk about, I mean, like... Uh, no masondo mother of mother of prayer or or no malanga the goddess of the sun so sometimes it depends on what the parents we want for you or wish for you in the future and also yeah like in my in my case this is what was happening and my other siblings we all have names that uh, we all know why we were given those names and what what was happening around the time Oh, that's, that's pretty brilliant because what it does is that it gives uh, force to to names. It gives it gives a sense of heritage. It gives yes. a sense of growth. Way you know, and it it it, it 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 shows that where I always talk about the fact that we didn't just fall out of the sky as a sky as Africans. But for Samuzi, what you're getting involved in right now is the reawakening of Bulawayo. And I guess that's also spoke to, to, uh, to, to as you know, you said the, 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 what you call it, your name, uh, brought together your, 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 your parents. But I've seen a lot of your work in the reawakening of life as a cultural, um, center, not just a center, but a, yes. cult, a, a, a place that is known for cultural vibrance. And I, I know of your, uh, exploits working with, uh, artists, including the late Calvin. Uh, we'll talk about yes. him a little bit later, but it, tell me why that is, Bulawayo is always at the at the heart of everything that you do when you go out there. You know, like I said, I was born and raised in Bulawayo. I grew up in Chamadala, and I was born and raised in Bulawayo. And Bulawayo had my youth centers. We still have them now, but they're not as active as they used to be back then. So all everything that you see among dance groups, arts groups. They were all born in my youth center. I mean, first from school and then at my youth centers. All the youth centers in the townships had a dance group or an imbube group or a theater group. We all knew which corner the township artists they rehearse at this place, in series they rehearse at this youth club and so on and so forth. So this was what the Bulawayo City Council was doing to the young people. And it was not only arts, there was also football and, you know, <coughs> Uh, athletics and all those things. Even the famous soccer players like Kopita and Jovo, they grew up in a Tavi Soviet Center. So they used to play Tavi Soviet Center, Benjamin Conjera and Co. because they lived just opposite the youth club. So the youth centers did a lot for young people in sport, in culture, in, in, in you know. And this is why. I love Bulawayo so much and I mention Bulawayo in everything I do because without Bulawayo I wouldn't be where I am. And my wish is for Bulawayo to rise again and be that place where young people can 
find spaces or pH spaces where they can express themselves without being judged and without paying a dime. Because we raised in the youth centers, we didn't have to pay for my research time and so on. We just had to talk to, and then we called them or teacher club. I mean, now I know they're social workers who were there at the, at the youth center, talk to them and they tell you the times so that you make sure that are the clash in the Miami groups. And we rehearsed at Mzilega's Youth Center. I think there were three other groups rehearsing there, but everything was just flowing smoothly. And this is why for me, Bulawayo is always in my heart because without Bulawayo, I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't have achieved what I've achieved so far. You know, when I think about it, um, it's... I, I see, I, I, I remember uh, videos of Clive, Clive Shigubu at uh, yes. Amakosi. He was doing yes. all sorts of, and this, that's the thing that was so brilliant about what you saw from Amakosi. He was singing, he was acting, he was dancing. So he was getting all these skills and then he came out as a yes. comedian. So it wasn't just you coming in there and you're only learning one skill. It's almost, the, you're learning a lot of life skills. You're also learning to be a man, really. Uh, in those places, isn't it? It's true. And one thing that most people don't know, especially those who did not grow up in in, Zilligas, in, 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 in the surroundings, is that Ezra Yandoro, do you know Ezra Yandoro, the soccer player, right? Yeah, yeah. Ezra Yandoro. Ezra Yandoro is, um, is an amazing drama, like Ingumo, traditional drums and dancers. I knew Ezra Miandoro at Mzilegans with Senda, not as a soccer player, but he was with a theatre group, uh, TASA, and then NASA, which is now ECI. So he used to rehearse at the club, and then in the afternoon goes and plays uh, soccer with the other guys. And so then, you no know, football won at the end, but he's an amazing dancer. It's an amazing drama, used to play drums. And there were so many young people like that who were caught in between, you know, theater, music, or sport. And this is because of the youth clubs that were really shaping us to become men and to become responsible citizens. Oh, th- that is actually brilliant because uh, you don't have to end up becoming... Um whatever it is that you went you you, you became whatever whatever you were taught uh, you were just being taught life skills and it also i think provided a place where young people could go and engage in positive uh positive engagements positive vibes about themselves whereas you know in, in a lot in a lot of a lot in a lot of things uh young kids are getting into drugs and sort of thing because they don't have these spaces that reinforce positive attitudes about themselves. Now, w- one of the things that uh, I- I'm going to ask is how, how, how has be- it been, uh, you know, the process of inviting artists to come and work with you uh, and collaborate with you on projects? It's a... Uh... I mean, there is no formula, I can say, because, you know, it depends on, on the artist and how I how I interact with the artist in day-to-day life. Like when we did with Calvin, the one that you mentioned in the beginning, he invited me to come and work with him. He 
told me that he, he, he was observing me from a distance. We were not close. In, I mean, I knew him as a hip-hop you know, artist and me not doing my things in Bowie and world music and, and, and stuff. So our music, you know, was completely different. But I knew that he existed in that space and he knew that I existed in that space. So he, I met him at the art gallery, outside the art gallery. So he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I want to work on an album with live instruments and uh, I wish, if you have time, I wish to feature you on one of the songs or I want you to produce the song as well, to be a co-producer and stuff. So I told Calvin, I said to him, I can work with you on a song only on one condition. If we keep it clean and no swearing and no n-words and stuff like that. And he agreed. I think this was, he, he always said it. His whole album ended up like that, the one that we did, Utando, a short love story. So you don't hear Kelvin saying any, you know, F-word or N-word or anything because he was influenced by this one song that we wrote together and I told him I can work with you on that condition because I'm not a big fan of uh, swear words and N-words and, you know, I love hip-hop. I love listening to hip-hop. When it's done by other people, yes, I, I enjoy it. But I don't want to be the one using that kind of language, you know. So Kelvin agreed and it took us about six months, I think, after the first meeting. It took, it took us about six months because I had to leave. I went on tour, came back and I told him that I was, I was back in town. And he invited me to Louvre at his studio. So he spent the day there working and it was, it was an amazing experience for me for the first time working with him. And you know, he was younger than me and there were young people in the studio and they're doing hip hop and I'm here again as the ancestor, <laughs> <laughs> you know, working. And what I really, really enjoyed or admired was Kelvin was really, you know, in hip hop there's this bravado, you know, I am the best, I'm the king, I am the Obama of, you know how they do their things like, Lockjean Obama. Obama, he was, mm. yes. But when I got into the studio, I also had no idea how this was going to, to, to work out because, you know, this is Kelvin. Oh, I thought maybe you were going to say that when you got into the studio, you just became the Bulao Obama. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 my, my formula is always the same. When I go into a recording session, I forget all the things that I, that, I, that I have done in the past as, a, as an artist, as a producer. So I go in with a clean slate because I want to learn from others as well. So I don't go into the studio saying, Gucci, I have done this and I have done that and they should listen to me because I've been there and stuff. So I go into the studio like it's my first day of recording. As long as I'm working with other people, I want to learn from them. I want to observe how they do things. And it was interesting to see Kelvin work. And sometimes when he came up with an idea, right, he asks me and I say, it's okay. And he was not sure if I'm just agreeing because, you know, I want him to feel good or it's because I really, you know, endorse the idea. And he kept asking me all the time, how about this? 
is this okay? Is that okay? And I told him, listen, just be yourself and we are going to be fine. And Kelvin is the one that introduced me to Stava, by the way, to music, Java, Stava's music. I didn't know Stava by then. And Kelvin so told me about Stava and I went home and listened to Stava and I became a fan ever since. Okay, cool. That's that's, that's very interesting because when you, uh, I love the fact that you say that influenced the rest of the album because I think there's a certain aspect of creativity where you're like, okay, look, I can't have this song as an outlier and then the rest of the songs are full of Fs and Ns and so so forth. They're like, okay, uh, you've got this song that is great and then there's these other songs that are just completely different. I guess it also got him to express ex- uh, 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 express himself in a different uh, way, so to speak. You know what I mean? True. True. I mean, the whole album is a love. It's a love. It's a love. Uh, called a short love story. So it's a story. And it's a, when we're telling stories through songs, and this was also his first album where he used live instruments. Whoa! So everything was played live. Yeah. Okay. That oh yeah, you did say that. You did say that. that yeah. That album was played live. I remember Walter. Walter Wanyanya had a, a CD, and he played it for Tuku in in Tuku's car mm-hmm. when they were traveling somewhere, and Tuku refused to give him back. So Walter <laughs> sent Kevin. <laughs> send, send Kelvin a video. I saw a video of Tuku playing that uh, album in the car. So this is you no know, tells you what kind. Because I don't know if it had F words and N words and all those things. I don't know if Tuku was going to refuse the album or keep it to himself. And because we used live instruments as well. Uh, that is wonderful. But so it must have been really crushing when we heard of his untimely. Uh, uh, death, isn't it? Man, I'm, I'm, I tell you, it was. Uh, Kelvin passed on on Sunday morning, in the early hours of Sunday morning. On Thursday, I still have the voice notes. Kelvin called me on Wednesday. He was in the studio with a, with, with a guitarist from Philabosi, uh, but based in Budawai. Maskand guitarist. And he's calling me, you know, Kevin was excited. He, 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 Kevin was known for calling people randomly. He called at 12, at 1 a.m. if he has some idea. So he called me and said, yeah, put us. I have this idea. I want to, to fuse Maskand and hip-hop, and I want you to, to produce this song and to feature you. So this was supposed to be our second uh, project that we work on together. So he asked me if I knew the guy, and I said, yeah, I know him, I know of him, I've never met him, but I know of him. And he was playing what they were working on, the guitar on, on the phone. And I said to him, please send me your recording with the guy the following day. So he sent me something on Thursday, and he sent me a voice note on Thursday evening. So I told him, cool, I will listen to it and I work on it. And this was our last conversation. And then on Sunday, he passed one. So I still have this demo that he sent to me that I was supposed to work on, write lyrics, and then get back to him and record. And it was not easy to hear that he, you know, 
that he's gone. Because my last conversation with him was on Thursday evening. And on Sunday morning, he was gone. Well, wow, that's actually a, that's a that's a sad story to hear, especially given, given uh, like you said, it was one of those, uh, you know, um, you, you, the the last moment where you hear a person's voice and and uh, your it's uh, death is like what they say an interruption of a conversation that is already happening, isn't it? Yes, yes, and he was so excited for the project. I mean, I still have. The demo with his voice on and I mean one time I don't know when if the time is right maybe I'm going to finish the project and work on the song with his mother's blessings of course when I don't want to take advantage and, and you know say now let me release Kelvin Vishan Busamkaya just because you no know. mm. so I will just wait for the right moment and I don't know if I will ever release it or I'll just leave it as it is Okay, so for it, it, again, it, it it is it is a heavy topic because it it involves an artist that that I think transcended a lot of um, a lot. He was uh, you know he was a very active artist. Uh, he was very also an activist in the music circles. Uh, and I remember his song the, the, when he when he talked about love um, Jaivan. And how he so felt as if you know blur artists were excluded from the conversation, but I think a lot of artists will feel, especially since the uh, you know the coming of uh, stations like Sky's Metro and Kulumani, that artists have somewhere where they can hear themselves, and the people in Bulawayo can hear themselves somewhere. So for you, has has that had an impact for you in the reach of your music in Bulawayo? The new stations, yes, because now, you know, like you're saying, artists have a place where they can hear themselves and people hear them as well. And I think you saw my tweet some days ago when I was saying, is it possible to open the airways nationally? I mean, it's cool that we have Sky Metro and Kulumani, but they, you know, they have, I think it's a 40 kilometer radius, if I'm right, on the Sky Metro. So people in Guero can still not, I mean, they cannot listen to Sky's Metro and people in other uh, cities as well in Harare and other places. Unless if they go online, yes, you can you can stream online. And uh, one of the reasons why I was saying this is because if you play a song, let's say you play a Fusankaya song today on Sky's Metro four times, right? And you play Jablanis uh, I'm just making a name, Jablanis song on, on ZFM four times, or on Star FM four times. Which song will be known countrywide? It's the one that is played on, 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 on national radios because everyone will hear the song. And the Vusamkaya song will be known in Bulawayo only. You see? And then when you do live shows, people then say, yeah, isn't it? You also have Sky's Metro. Yes, we have Sky's Metro, but not everyone can listen to Sky's Metro. And for artists based in Zim, they need radio in order for them to be known and to, <clears throat> and to play gigs, you know. Because today you have the Sky's Metro Top 20. I mean, it's, it's every week. And if I can give it to you or give it to someone, 
in, in Harare or someone in Masumbo and so on. Maybe they will identify one or two artists and they won't know who the rest are in the top 20. But if you check the ZFM top 20, you can give it to everyone around the country and they will tell you, ah, we know Saint Flo, we know this one, we know this one, even if they haven't seen them. And this is how we grew up as well. Growing up with ZBC playing nationwide, we knew Penga Otsoke in Bulawayo, we knew Ngonya Brothers, and they, and this conversation is always coming back. When you mention these things, right, people tell you, Ingawani, we know Machaivana, we know Solomon Skuza, we know Musingube, we know uh, Don Kumbo. And why are they mentioning these uh, legendary artists? It's because they were played on national radio. You, you hardly hear someone coming with an argument saying, Bulawayo artists, you are crybabies, because we know of Mimi uh, Tarukwana, or we know of, of Rio Brown, or we know of uh, Mawiza and so on. Unless you are an artist or you are a journalist and you are into this space, then you'll know who is popping in Bulawayo. But for a regular radio listener, they don't know what's going on in Bulawayo. There's a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing art, amazing young musicians who need a platform, a national platform to be heard. That's very, I mean, I, 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 that is true. Um, and I think there is an argument for that, that there should be a station based in Bulawayo. Um, but I mean, I guess the argument would then be the cost of running such a station uh, I think even the the regional stations are, are struggling right, running the regional state and then a national station because of the you know the rights that you have to music. Listen, yeah, I, I get the argument right. The station must not be based in Bulawayo. The stations that are there right now, even in Harare, should make it a point that they try and balance and get in music not only from Bulawayo but from all over the country. True. So maybe they should have someone listening to what's coming up, what's popping, or they should have a platform where they introduce new artists. It's okay like now as it is. We don't need a new station based in Bulawayo that will play nationally. If ZFM has a platform, I don't know if they have it, but if they have a platform, let's say 30 minutes, where they play new artists from all over Zimbabwe, from Binga, from Plumtree, from wherever, and they introduce them to the people and let the people decide. Because if the song is played on radio and if people like it, they will request it and play it, right? But you can't request a song that you've never heard before. Yep. So now imagine every day, 30 minutes, playing new music, introducing new artists to the people. And then we can say, okay, sharp. You were playing it and people didn't like your music, they did not request it, this is why we were not playing it. That'll be a completely different argument, I, I get you. Yes. Uh, they, yes. So, so in this instance, it's more um, tackling obscurity. So people are not heard, so therefore you cannot say they don't exist. And I think we're getting to see that, uh, you know, when ZPC was the only TV station you'd get a lot of content that was very Harare and stuff like that. But with the opening up, you can see a Resident Bias series. It's on one of these TV stations. I can't remember which. Yes. It might be 3K TV, if I'm not mistaken. 3K TV, I think, yes. 
Yes, and then you've got uh, a, a t- a t- I just saw a series from Bulayo. I saw Kaka, she's acting one of the series. I saw the, yes. what would you call those? The trailer for a series that's coming yeah. from Bulawayo. Uh, so you, you're getting to see that these incredible actors that are, that want to be based in Bulawayo, because I think some, some sometimes the argument that takes place in some spaces, like, oh, you've got to move to Harare in order to become successful. But I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with yeah. that. Okay, look, some will say, okay, the Hollywood version. If you want to be successful, they move to Hollywood. Uh, if you say so if you're in Texas and you want to get the Hollywood, but I mean, you can see that there it's not even it doesn't even work like that because they're almost de decentralizing the production of films now. Yes, at some point Hollywood would have most of it, but uh, Tyler Perry just set up a studio in was it Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So. Atlanta. Yeah, so I mean, it, I certainly you, you've got a very a very good point around that. That if with if if the existing spaces made a concerted effort to make sure that that music is is played, that would be done. But I mean, the, the stations will argue that they are playing the content. But I, I don't think from listening to radio, I've ever heard songs from Binga. <laughs> and then it was a while until uh, what you call it, um, Mokumba. Well, yeah, Mokumba was being played on yes. on radio. So it, it is a it is it is a, a big thing, but I'm going to take you back because yes, um, in singies, how uh, in singies, yes, Uramatu <laughs> blessings blessings. How are they? They are amazing. They are amazing. They are good. So we, is is that done? Is there going to be any music at some point from in singies? Insignisi is still here, and Insignisi will be here for a long time. It's uh, 30 years now. It's uh, This year is our 30th year. Sure. In existence. Yeah, ancestor. And <laughs> <laughs> this is our 30th year. I was and 12. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know uh, I mean, for, conte- for context, I'm turning I'm telling 50 next year, so yes. Uh, Yo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a, I've got a bottle of whiskey with your name on it. Yeah, I'm telling you, fifty next year. So you know, so now you know where the ancestor name comes from, and all these things. I was twenty when we started. Uh, nineteen when I yeah within six years. So nineteen twenty around that time. So but anyway, mm-hmm. the things is still there, and what we did is. You know what we agreed on because 30 years together in the music industry doing the same kind of music and you know you get tired as well because you want to do other things and this is why we gave each other space also to do other solo projects and work on other things that we are doing but it's like a child you know you grow up at home with your parents and your siblings and when you are of age, you move away from home and have your own your family and stuff. But it doesn't mean that your parents are no longer your parents because now you have your own family. You will always come back home to your parents. So Insignis is our parent. And these other projects that we do, Vusamkaya, Ramadu, Nobuntu, and Blessings Most projects and so many other things, these are the children that have their own families now and they will always come back home 
So, so I mean, a couple of years ago, was it the Special Olympics that you guys performed at? Yes. What was we, that we, like? We performed it. We performed at the opening of the uh, Special Olympics. What was that like? I mean, that's a different level of things. Uh, it was. It was. You know, those kind of uh, emails that you get, and you think, okay, maybe this is spam. Because <laughs> you get an email, right? And you read it and think, okay, maybe this is spam. And there's a phone number, so you call the number just to confirm, and they tell you yes. We got an email from, from, from the artistic director. They had an artistic director who was responsible for all the, the music and entertainment and stuff. So then, you know, it's a big production. It was a huge production. I think one of the biggest productions that we've, one of the biggest that we've worked on. Because everything must be on point. Every second counts. And this is live on TV. Not only on one TV station, but it's worldwide. So, you know, every move when you move from the stage you have to know you know how many steps you're moving to your microphone because once you change that you you know we had rehearsals and we knew each and every count so you must also be alert all the time and it was it was an honor for us to be there it was challenging it was exciting and doing that i mean we had, i think six minutes on that stage mm. but that six minutes felt like an hour because you know the adrenaline and everything is amazing i've seen i mean you share, share a lot and uh, as far as uh what you call it the stages you're on and they're just massive and and they're just yeah. incredible and but then the question i ask is what has traveling done for you in opening your eyes to the world and also its effect on your production, meeting different cultures? You know, it's, it's eye-opening <clears throat> and you learn a lot of things. There was this uh, story recently where in the UK where, I don't know if you followed it, where some performers were not given enough time to perform and one of them ended up going live saying which she, she was paid to come all the way to the UK and ended up performing 10 minutes. Mm. And for me, you know, when I saw that, I thought, wow, a huge festival like that with 10,000 people in, in the audience, why did they not have a stage manager? And if they had one, why, where was he or where was she? Because we've performed at festivals where you have 10 or 15 bands or 15 artists and everything and everyone is on time and is on point. This is one of the things that I have learned from my travels and from working with different artists that from your contract everything must be stated. Your arrival time at the venue and the time that you are going to be on stage at. Because can you imagine if they set you for 7 p.m., right? And then you have a flight at 11 p.m. because you have to be doing sound check the following morning somewhere in another country. And now you are backstage and they're telling you, ah, wait a bit, you can't go on stage at 7 p.m. We will, we will talk to you. Then 8 p.m., 9 p.m., end up missing your flights because of an, an, an organized stage manager. So these things, you know, 
must not happen and it starts with the contract and it's what I've learned always state what you want on your contract your stage rider, hospitality rider all the time you won't, you won't go wrong and I have to mention Walter Wanyaya and Jacaranda uh, Festival because they are doing an amazing amazing job I felt like I was somewhere in you know in some of these festivals where we perform when I performed in Jacaranda last year everything was on point and so touring and performing in these big stages you learn discipline you learn to keep time as an artist you learn you know respect other artists as well and respect the craft and respect the music that that is just uh i mean when you were thinking of, when you just mentioned walter i just looked at last year's festival i watched you before form but I looked at last year's festival it was sort of yeah this is what we should be doing in the festival i should it shouldn't be like this is this is like the the outlier every festival should be doing this sort of thing isn't it yes 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 and uh now when we now talk about uh the music, your music, how have you kept it so grounded? Because, you know, it's easy for someone to say, look, I'm living, like you're in Austria, for example, I'm living there and um, I'm going to do more of what's around me um, as opposed to saying, keeping to what you're doing. And and and, and while you tell me, but uh, while you answer that question, uh, I would say that I, there is that uh, collaboration you did with uh, was it Hans Zimmer one of these yes, yes. so, so the Hollywood in Vienna project with Hans Zimmer yes. yes yes so now how you keep yourself grounded to your music but still then collaborating on that on that level uh, it's easy <laughs> uh, I mean for me and for us it's, it's easy and for me it's for some kind uh, one of the things that, you know, what we do, we've been doing this for years. And everyone, I always say every person is unique in their own way. Right? I have my way of writing music, of creating music. And Chris Brown has his own way and uh, Benapo has his own way. It's like a signature, you know, because this is our DNA. Everyone has their own DNA, right? So if I start now trying to write music, imitating or trying to write like Chris Brown or like Asha or trying to do R&B, it won't come out as authentic as it is supposed to be because it will be a copy. And it won't be Vusamkaya because now I'm trying to be someone that I am not. So the grounding part is you know, just being myself and knowing what I can do and what I cannot do in music and how I write and how I create because I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And to accept that and say, I can't do everything. I can't be like other people because I am Vusamkaya. So let me stay like Vusamkaya and perform and sing like Vusamkaya. 
So when people like Hollywood in Vienna says, come and work with us on a project, Hans Zimmer will be there and so on and so will be there. I'm not going there trying to be someone that I'm not. I'm going there as Vusam Kai because this is what they see. When uh, what to watch, you know, I did a, a film soundtrack for, for a movie called White Water, which was nominated for an Oscar Academy Award. And I did the main theme. When they called me to come and uh, be a part of this uh, main theme soundtrack, because the, the film is based in Kenya, and it's a Germany and Kenya, Kenya co-production, they told me that I was going to sing, they wanted me to sing the whole song in Swahili because of Kenya, right? And I don't speak Swahili, but I knew I have, I have friends from Kenya. So I got the text and I told them that I'm, I need some time. And I hired an accent coach. This was just from me because I wanted to, I didn't want to sing the song you know, with my Ndewele accent and people in Kenya listen to it and think, what is this guy doing? What is he saying? So I made sure that I get an accent coach and learn each and every word, how to pronounce the words, how to, you know, how to sing the way they're supposed to be sung. And for me, this was the biggest compliment when people listened to it when the film was playing in Kenya and no one could figure out that I am not uh, a Swahili native speaker, you see. So sometimes you need to really, you know, uh, invest in your craft. Stay grounded. I sing like Rusam Kaya, even though it was in a foreign language. But I made sure that I don't play around with people's language because for me, it's very important. Language is very important. And I'm a proud Ndewele guy. So I wouldn't be happy if I see a musician coming and butchering Ndewele instead of asking us or asking people around to sing proper Ndewele. That is such an important aspect because you're talking about uh, taking the art seriously, investing in the art, doing the processes, all the processes. And I see sometimes, maybe because of um, what you call it, money issues or whatever. But I mean, look, there's some things that I've learned how to do uh, in my craft by just going onto YouTube. I, I always say the lifesavers of humanity are those uh, those Indian guys on YouTube that tell you, let me tell you, my friend, this is how you do this. <laughs> and then you go this. And you know, you know yes. how to edit a picture. You learn how to... So even one of the biggest compliments i got from um, one of my 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 favorite photographers is changerai mukwaji yeah so one time he was like yeah i have seen that you've worked on your on your images he says cuz early days yo we're just like this is a guy who just affords to <laughs> can afford to buy a camera <laughs> yeah. and and he just came from me say look I, what is the what is the name of this camera? It's this, and then there's sometimes where you're in a you know in a in a troupe where you're all taking pictures of of performances on a stage and so forth, and it's so great that you know some if you don't know something, I go to to, to one of the guys. I'm trying to get this type of picture. What do I do? And he says. Try this setting. Try that setting. Okay, I see you. St and some of them come to me voluntarily and say, "Oh, 
do you know what you, what you can do? Why don't you put this setting? And they because I, I haven't I haven't even asked them. Like check out the setting, click 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 click, and I, and if you're willing to listen, you will learn. And 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 sure. and I yeah, and I've learned that from tra- my little bit of traveling as well. That if you're willing to listen to what the rest of the world is telling you, uh, you will learn a lot of things. And I I I just think the world is everybody sort of like looks at the world and thinks the world is such a terrible place. But if if you just stick your experience, reduce your experience to just places like uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, you would think the world is a scary place. But there's so many wonderful people out there that just exist, that are there, and the world is just built for you to 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 see the positivity in it if if you want to see it. So having said that, um, I, I, if if I'm a young or old, you know somebody can start doing performance in, in their 40s because, you know, life begins at 40. <laughs> what, are the, what, do you th- what would you say, and I'm not saying give them advice, but what are the three big things for you that has sustained your career is longevity and being able to continue doing it day after day? Man, I, I always tell artists, especially the ones that are starting, I don't want to say young, like we're saying, because you can start at also the age of 40 or whatever. Uh, that they are lucky because there is social media now. There's YouTube, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's, I mean, X, and so on. When, when we started, there was nothing. And when we did our first tour outside of Africa, <laughs> our mode of communication was a fax. Do you know what a fax is? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> so, the fax, we would go to the Wulawayo post office in the CPD and check if we if we had a fax and they say, no, there's no fax for you today. So, you go back tomorrow, the fax is there, you read the fax, then you reply, you fax it back to Europe and, you know, so, what I can say to the ones starting now, use social media as much as you can because almost everyone is a smartphone now so already they have an advantage because you can push your art not only uh, live but also on social media use it wisely and if it's used wisely and used well you can really benefit from it and second thing is to to be curious and be ready to learn be curious open your eyes open your ears and check what others are doing around you and also not only around you but everywhere if you are a musician or a songwriter check what other songwriters are doing what is their success formula why are they successful and don't limit yourself to your surroundings and to your community and number three, be yourself and always know why you started. Because we, as soon as most of us have one song playing on radio or maybe on TV or we're on a, on a magazine or on the newspaper, then we become rock stars and we forget why we started what we are doing. We forget, you know, the, the, 
the basic of all this because now we are superstars and you know Ularos Angela and I can't talk to Larry anymore. You know, I come to you and I'm telling you about my new song because I want you to help me push it. And now the song is on radio and I'm now a, a superstar in my community. And I forget all the people that helped me to be where I am because now I'm better than them. Mm. So always remember and don't forget. Because those people that were there for you when you were at the youth center, paying about 10 cents to come and watch you, they are the ones who made you who you are. And now that you are on the national platforms, on international platforms, remember those people because without them, you are not going to be where you are. That is, a, that is such like, that is levels of depth. <laughs> Seen, I've seen young young musicians, right? Right. You work with them, or you 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 do a project and stuff. Even in Bulawayo, I always speak to musicians because I like assisting and working with people. And you call someone and say, "Yeah, listen, I saw this, or I think you can." Then they tell you, uh, "Can you please speak to my manager?" Or I mean, there's nothing wrong to speak to someone's manager if the manager is managing the artist well. And if there is a manager, but mm. if you're saying to me, speak to my manager just because you want to feel important and the manager has no idea what they're talking about. Because when I talk to the manager, then I, I realize what, what are you managing? Because you don't even know what you're talking about. So or some artists will come to me and say, you know, I need a manager. Can you help me find a manager and say, what do you want the manager to do for you? So true, what so true. What you want? Do you need a manager or do you need a booking agent? What do you want? Yeah, I need gigs. And they say, if you need gigs, then you don't want a manager. You need a booking agent. Because some people are managing themselves well, but they still say they want a manager because they don't know the difference between a manager and a booking agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Zimbabwean context, yes, people say, I'm managing him. What are you doing for him? I'm checking shows. I'm catching gigs for them and Even answering calls. Because you see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, before we go, what is Vusamkaya outside the music like? <laughs> I mean, the reason why you ask this question, is, I mean, I laugh because it makes me happy that you are asking this question. And this means that I'm doing a good job. Because sometimes, you know, people will know who we are and follow music and follow us on X and on Facebook and stuff. And it's always good to have some of the things to yourself. Mm. To those, keep them to yourself and to those that are close to you. Because as an artist, we are always out there and people think, ah, we know them, we know their life and stuff. So I try my best to to be as private as I can. The little privacy that I have, keep it to myself and those close to me. And I'm someone who likes to be home and just chill and be home. And uh, also I love being out in, in my blazing in the rural settings and stuff because I enjoy that kind of environment to chill with Abadala and the elders and learn from them because these people, you know, are fountains of wisdom. There's a lot that just listening to our Padisayatis talk 
and other elders. For me, this is always really, really uh, fascinating because you know you travel the world and you see people and you learn other cultures and stuff, but you realize what there's a lot that I don't know about my culture and my background and my people. So then going back there and listening to elders speak about different things about, you know, the Battle of Katate and all those things that people don't know about is for me, I mean, things, I think this is what makes me the person that I am. The balance between the modern cultures and society and the traditions of of our people. I guess it's, uh, it, it harks back to one of your songs, La Leda. Go and listen. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, I, when I, I, I tell people that whenever I, I, you know, need some grounding, I listen to Umanyanyata, uh, Uma that album's, yes. yeah, that, that album is just like, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, I would just say it's got the spirit of Ubuntu, but that's another, <laughs> that is another no, album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, Lalela is, for me, you know, sometimes, like you say, when I talk to people, especially with the elders, I if you if I I show you my phone, like the notes on my phone, there's a lot of I I write down things, and some some sentences are not complete. So if I hear something or I see something, I just write it down, then come back to it maybe a month or two later, and at the end of the day, I end up with a song or I end up using it on some. So it's same like La Lila. When an elder says to me, I was like, I was like you. So I've been where you are, but we haven't, you've never been to where I am right now. So when I talk to you, listen. And this is what someone told me when we were talking. They said, you see, young people think that they know it all, but we were also young and we were also there. But now, when we tell you about this and that, listen. And I try to do to, to, to the same with my artists and say, you know, I've been there before. I've performed, I've been booed. We were booed off stage at the Bulawaya City Hall when we performed, uh, when we opened for Andy Brown and, and uh, Simon Chimbetu. Mm. You see, so I know how it is to be booed off stage. And when I tell someone, it's not about the money all the time. When you get a booking, check your settings. Who is performing? Do I fit into this or I don't fit in? And if you feel like you don't fit in, it's better you say no thanks, ask someone else, than to go on that stage and get put. They boo you not because you're not good, but because you don't fit into the equation. Yeah, I mean, for us, Simon Chimbetu's management uh, were the reason why we got food. And I mean, we were young and we were excited. So we were supposed to open the gig. Insing is the opening, and then Simon Chimbetu and then Andy Brown. So we are backstage at the Life City Hall. Simon Chimbetu's manager comes to us and says, Wafan, uh, you know, there was this uh, tendency of artists advertising gigs or promoters advertising gigs and not pitching up in the 90s. It happened a lot where you see a poster of 
Thomas Mafumo in Bulawayo, then he is playing somewhere in Harare and then it coming. So now people were afraid to pay to buy tickets to enter before they know that the artist is in town. And so there were a lot of people standing outside the large hall, waiting. And Chopa Chimbetu was already backstage. We were with him and his team and everyone. So his manager said, came to us and asked if they can go on stage and play five songs so that people here would see Seve Kona Manj. And for us, it was, you know, it was jackpot. So if Chimbetu plays five songs and people come in, we are going to go and perform our set. So we'll have so we'll Mm. Bad mistake. Is, is, he is, went, went on stage. His band went on stage. They played first instrumental. Then he went played. I remember Saina, one of his big hits. Mm. People came, you know, like flooding the lights it all. After like three or four songs, the place was packed. And she made to say, "Okay, thank you so much. We are coming back. This was just a warm up." Sure. And now after she, after five songs, she made to, you know, playing like crazy you come and you want to sing imbobe <laughs> oh, wow i can just imagine you see we did one song people first song was okay i think people thought maybe we're just coming there because there's a changeover first song was okay second song you start hearing okay people are now talking you are singing but you hear okay mm, mm, mm. song number three they start whistling from the back like, and this is in Mbulawayo, so it's not as if this was in Mutare or something. <laughs> no, no, this was in Mbulawayo, and we had a hit song, Sugar Daddy, one of our songs that was played on radio back then. This is why we were put now with our Wendy Brown and all. I mean, we were performing with all the big names coming to Mbulawayo, Sexy Manansai, and so on, Thomas Mafumo. So when there were gigs at Amakosi or City Hall and whatever, we were one of the performers because... The Bulawayo crowd loved us. But on this evening, it was not, you know, and then one guy was carrying like a big black label. I remember he was like, Wow. <laughs> but no, you are singing, one eye is now looking at you. Don't know what's going to happen. One ear is listening what's being said, and one ear is listening to other colleagues. So you can imagine our, I think we were nine, maybe 20, this, yeah, I think we were 20, 19, 20 back then. You know, our confidence now, and you don't want to leave the stage because we were booked for 30 minutes and we wanted the money. So we didn't know if we, if we get off stage, are we going to be paid or the promoter will say, guys, you just performed two songs, now you want me to pay you. So luckily, I looked on the on the stage wings and I saw Ngurube was his name. Ngurube was standing there, the promoter of the show. He was standing there because he had a commotion and he came running. So he was signaling us to, <laughs> to get off stage. And this was like... <sighs> so we finished <laughs> that song, wow. that song, and we got off stage and Simon Chimedu came back to perform. Wow. The lesson that we learned from that day is stick to your programming because we were supposed to open the gig. Stick to your schedule programming. 
and also know your audience and know no because we could have said no we are playing our 30 minutes even if there is no one because this is what we are hired for we are mm. going on stage at 8 o'clock as promised but 8 o'clock she met went on played for about 30, 30 to 35 minutes and we thought now nah, he's warming the stage for us now we are superstars <laughs> they're keeping humble and you know like Chimetu is playing this means now we are big guys now and we went on stage and they brought us back to our <laughs> to, to, to earth <laughs> yeah the audience brought us back to earth and yeah oh wow that is a story for the ages wow okay now so forget that evening. so which five artists, artists are you looking at young artists at the moment Am I looking at uh, what do you mean? Like, like who you are like following? Say, oh, okay, five. I see you. I see you. In in Zim. Yes. Uh, young. Well, you said young, so I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, artist. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Oliver Mtukuzi. Oliver Mtukuzi used to say, "There's no such thing as an upcoming artist. When you start, you start. You're really an artist." <laughs> I, I also I also believe that. Once you, you are an artist, either you are an artist or you are not an artist. Mm. There's no upcoming. This is what I believe. Uh, for me, uh, Vuyo Brown, for example, mm-hmm. and Feli Nandi, and Mawiza, mm-hmm. C5, right? Night Freak. Night Freak is doing amazing things right now. True. And we, we, we have... I had a song with Nitric, which we we worked on. It's not released. I mean, he's busy with other projects now. We just keep it on hold. I was saying, I was telling someone if I want to be naughty, because now he's performing all over the world. He's been, he was in New York recently, in Greece and whatnot. I can just take that song and, and then pretend like it was leaked by someone. And <laughs> anyway, so Nitric, I say it, Vuyo. Mawiza, Feli, Night Freak, and who else? Who else? Who else? Number five. Who is my number five? Vuyo, Feli, Mawiza, Night Freak. Who is my number five? I'm not even going to... What's her name? Ubando. What's her? What's Ubando. Ah. Uh, what does she perform? Now hope hope is a bit now. Uh it's what's her name? What's her name? She was she was in Canada recently. She, she Oh uh Mary Annibal. Yes. Mary. Mary Annibal, yeah. Very interesting yes. artist that one. Yes. 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 Okay, cool. So I'm gonna tell people they you got a mic drop from some kind. Not to say those are the only artists. I limited you to five answers. <laughs> you, said, you, said, you said five, right? I mean, there are many, but you said five, and I just said two, you know. <laughs> to think of. Came. came to mind. Anyway, look, uh, we, we were supposed to have a 30-minute conversation, but I could listen to you speak all day. You just dropped so much knowledge and so much wisdom, ancestor. Thank you. Nyabonga sibili. And, uh, you know, if, 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 so that everybody knows why I say a sibi sasebenza at the end of everything that I do, 
ancestor saying, I came to you and I said, hey, I need a line. <laughs> yeah, so even on radio at the end of my show on radio, I say, I see Luis Acevedo at the end of, I mean, there was a time I thought, okay, nobody's really listening to this. I went to MC an event. Then they say, do that thing at the end. Like, what thing at the end? <laughs> <laughs> so it became a, thank, you so thank you so much and uh, of course uh, uh, all your music is available all over for some kind obviously yes. I, I, I use Spotify so that's where a lot of the of the content that I get from from uh, from some kind I'm doing a show I'm doing a show in Bulawayo on the 28th of September for those who are in Bulawayo or in the surroundings oh. on the 8th of September in Bulawayo at the Atikalari open air gig the Vusamkaya experience. Vusamkaya experience. It's just you? It's just me. We call it the Vusamkaya experience because we want people to experience me and my catalog. So there's no opening act. It's just me performing the best of my four albums and other surprise songs. Two hour show, Vusamkaya and Band. Ah, nice. No Harare show? Yes. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, cool. So, uh, so I guess also fo- follow uh, for some kind on X and every other platform that is on, so that you get yes. updated on what what content there is out there. Yes. Ancestor Yabonga Civil. Sharp, sharp, sharp. Hey, you're listening to Curry Talks with Larry Curry.